A reading from Matthew 7, 28-29. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught us as one who had authority, and not as their teachers of law. So a few months ago, um, I was uh, in Israel. Uh, I had multiple reasons for being there. The most important being with the astonishing and amazing uh, Brian Widman, who has been doing these trips, I think, the better part of uh, his adult life. And uh, it never fails to um, introduce you to the wonder of that part of the world, the wonder of uh, walking in, uh, where Jesus walked, and in particularly the Sermon on the Mount. And Nathan, uh, you and I were on the trip in 2015 when we walked down from the top of the hill that's above Capernaum, uh, where we followed a little road down and we walked through these flowers and you're, you're gazing out at the uh, Sea of Galilee, which is actually just a huge lake. Um, but it's, it, it all sort of hangs together there. And, and just like the Sermon on the Mount sort of hangs together. It may have been many uh, uh, sayings and teachings that Jesus did that, that, that Matthew then combined into a singularity. Uh, but uh, I, I, one of the highlights of the trip is always being in that area uh, where the Sermon on the Mount happened. The reason I bring this up is we have now gotten to the end of the uh, study of the Sermon on the Mount in John 5, 6, and 7. I mean, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And uh, it, it, it's so amazing because uh, before it starts, there's a little passage uh, in uh, Matthew 4 where people are asking to be healed and pe- Jesus is healing people. And then at the very end, um, not in this passage so much, but Jesus returns to a fallen world. In a way, this uh, the Sermon on the Mount is a is a pause uh, in the narrative. He's, he seems to be in one place. He's teaching a series of things, and he has a crowd of people. Um, but uh, it's a great privilege to be there, and it, it, I think it it um, it makes the whole experience of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, kind of magical, uh, as well as uh, very uh, important, but it you feel kind of in the presence of Jesus when you're there, and, and you know that the Sermon on the Mount was, was made in that region. Yeah. Yeah, we've said this before, but I had that same experience there. It was really profound. You know, on this particular final statement in the Sermon on the Mount, I'm not going to spend any minutes here reflecting on what he said, but instead... I'd like to offer just a practical, super practical takeaway for our listeners, which is, you know, as you said, we've just completed the whole Sermon on the Mount over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I would just encourage all anybody who's listening to this, find a time today, next couple of days to sit down without any other distractions, put away your, your cell phone, your laptop, find a place where you can just sit down and read the Sermon on the Mount in its entirety. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It won't take you that long. Take your time on it. Pray beforehand. Pray for that 
what you were just describing, Eric, that feeling you get walking around those hills in the Sea of Galilee, that's the Holy Spirit, right? So ask the Holy Spirit to come and visit you as you sit down and read these three chapters. Ask the Spirit to reveal Christ's words himself. Because if you really read the Sermon on the Mount, there's going to be a word or more for each individual that only the Holy Spirit, only Christ himself would know in a particular way that person needs to hear. Um, so I really encourage everybody who's listening to this to carve out that time. So go, go to the Sermon on the Mount. Go to, the, go to Galilee today or tomorrow in the next couple of days. And um, just with the aim of hearing from Christ, he'll answer, I can assure you. Um, that's my encouragement.